You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. So welcome to the Vineyard. My name's Rick Francis. I'm the pastor here. I've been here for 12 and a half years. Ay, ay, ay. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Okay. <laughs> I am 12 and a half years older, and it seems like I just preached two weeks ago. Oh, I did. Uh, but it seems like it was yesterday. Man, time tr- goes so fast. We, we started looking at testimony two weeks ago, and then Dave Noe came, and, and his, his personal illustration as he was... The title of his message is, What Are You Looking At? And really encouraging us to look at Jesus and not our circumstances and all that kind of stuff. But he gave his own personal testimony of, of you know, getting up and looking at his circumstances and he could, he could bend down and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, oh man, Dave, that is just right on. What a wonderful testimony of someone who's learned how to take those things that are coming to bombard us, our circumstances, our internal feeling, uh, feelings, uh, a dream that we had. Uh, I already had one share a nightmare that they had last night, and it was like, well, let's pray about that. We don't want, we don't want nightmares affecting us in the next day. Matter of fact, outside the sermon, this is free. When you have a when you have a nightmare, when you're when you're having a dream, and it is a, an ugly dream, it's not working out for you and your benefit. Your dreams are yours. Put your foot down. Exercise the authority that you have in Jesus Christ and say, not on my watch. And say, Lord, let's write a new ending to that dream. Put your head back on the pillow and write it the way the kingdom would write it. Let it be a kingdom ending to whatever kind of dream that the enemy would try to send to torment you. And whether it's a a direct tormentation dream that comes straight from the evil one or whether you watched... uh, a movie or a television program that had yucky stuff, you know, violence and traumatic stuff, and that gets into your dream and you're there. Sometimes I think we just say, oh, well, that's what I deserve because I shouldn't have watched that program. Okay, don't beat yourself up. Put your head back on the pillow and say, okay, Lord, sorry, I watched that. that I, I realize how it's affected me, but that's not going to control my day. And let's write a new dream. Let's put a new ending on it. I like that when, when I find out that uh, some of the movies that have been out, that they have two or three endings to them and they're not sure which one they're going to go with. And that just cracked me up. I didn't know that. You know, and, 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 and when I saw that, I thought, okay, let's start writing godly endings to every story that we're telling ourselves whether it's something that happens to us in a dream or whether it's, a, it's a, a, an anxiety that jumps on us at a moment when circumstances, uh, anxiety is the last thing we need, we need peace, let's, let's take charge of that and let's receive the peace. So I really enjoyed Dave's message. I thought it was wonderful. What a refreshing weekend we had. And uh, <clears throat> as we look at testimony, testimony means do it again. Repeat. When we hear a testimony, it's a witness to what God has done. And we're saying, Lord, do that again. Do that again. 
Anytime you hear something and your, and your spirit just rises up and says, oh Lord, that's the very thing I need. That's the very thing I long for. Man, claim it. Wrap your arms around it. Embrace it. And say, Lord, do it again. Do it again for me. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 5 as we continue to look at testimony. Beginning at verse 31. The slides will be in the New International Version. Jesus says, If I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is valid. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. Oh, I'm glad he mentioned it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have a testimony weightier than that of John. For the very work that the Father has given me to finish, and which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. The Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Father, thank you for your word. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to cause us to hear the true testimony of Jesus. We say, Holy Spirit, minister it deep inside our lives, in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our hearts, in our spirit. Let the testimony of Jesus resonate all through us, for we ask it in his name. There's five things that Jesus says testifies about him. Wow. First one is is himself. My testimony. It's really interesting. He says, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. I'm thinking, hold on, Jesus. Your testimony is always valid. But what he's talking about is in in a legal sense. He can testify about himself. But this is in the context of those, those religious leaders who were not believing the testimony that he was giving about himself. And so he realized that if, if I testify just about myself and there's no one else that can see it, legally, it's not binding. Now, when we give a testimony amongst ourselves and God does something for you and there's nobody around to see it, okay? No one saw it, no one knew what God did, but you know what God did and you give a testimony to what God did, and if there's someone who believes your testimony, that's when the do it again dynamic kicks in. But if there's those there, they're saying, yeah, sure. I'm sure God did that. Yeah, they didn't believe. You're gonna have the same dynamic as you have here at the beginning of John. My testimony's not valid. 
There is no, there's no benefit for the unbeliever or the one who is resistant to the testimony that I'm about to offer because they do not believe that my testimony is true. And therefore there will be no fruit in their life to my testimony. Now some of you are thinking, well, then should I just keep my mouth shut? Absolutely not. Because even though there may be those that do not believe your testimony, there'll be others who may believe your testimony. And when they believe your testimony, then they get the dynamic of the do it again truth. And they get the benefit. They position themselves where they are before the Lord in an alignment that if the Lord wants to do it again, we're right there to receive it. Do it again, Lord. Do it. Okay? Is that, is that clear? First testimony about Jesus is Jesus. He testifies about himself. Second one is John. John the Baptist testified about Jesus. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 1, 32. This, I don't believe this is up on the screen. Let's get those angel wings turning. It's one of my professors, he loved to say when he heard people flipping through the scriptures, he says, oh, it's the wrestling of angels. I always, always enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, still not there. There we go. <clears throat> so this is the testimony of John. Verse 32, then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Wow. So the testimony of John is that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And that's the testimony of John. That he came with the baptism for repentance, but there's one that's come after him that he now identifies as Jesus who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Wow. That's cool. Then Jesus says there's another testimony about him. And it's the very works that he's doing. The very things that he's doing, how he's living life, what he's doing are evidence that testify to who he is. Wow. I love that. He says, if, if, if you don't believe me, if my testimony about myself is not valid and you don't believe that, and you don't believe John's testimony and what John has said that I am the son of God, if you don't believe what John has said, then believe on the basis of the miracles themselves. And so we see in John all the different signs that, uh, that pointed to the fact that he was the Messiah 
and all the times when he, he worked with supernatural power and a miracle was performed from the healing of leprosy to deafness to blindness to the resurrection of the dead. And in this gospel, we have Lazarus. When we have all of these dynamics, he says the very evidence of the miracles themselves testify of who I am. So if you don't believe me, you don't believe John, believe the evidence of the miracles, the things that I've done. Look at the way in how I've lived and let that be the thing that convinces you. Like, okay, that, yeah, that's good. You, you, you see how someone's lived. Have you ever had anybody that you've watched their life and you kind of keep a close look on it? Because as far as you know, they're the most Christ-like believer you've ever seen. And so you just kind of watch them and see how they, how they go. And I've got, I've got some, some guys that I always have my eyes on, see how they're doing, see how they're responding to the political climate and what they're doing with this and that and the other thing. And, you know, it, it's like, why am I always looking at them? Because there's something in me, even though I don't want them to fail, I'm always looking to see if they're still consistent. Are they still are they still walking true to the call? Because I, have you ever known anybody who was on fire for God for a period of time in their life and then went cold? And how many ministers do I know that never finished well? They, they had seasons that you could say was the golden season of their ministry and then they just trailed off and they didn't make it to the finish line in stride. And it's like, Lord, We want to see someone who continues all the way. Here's John the Baptist. His baptism ministry's been put on hold because he confronted Herod. They heard what he said about the wife that he had. It's not right to have Philip's wife. And so he's in prison. And his daughter, or his wife's daughter, is asking for his head, and he's about to lose his head. He's in prison, his, his, his life's almost over. And he wants to know one last time when he's in prison, he wants to know for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure that Jesus is who John said he was way back at his baptism. He wants to know that Jesus really is the Christ. And so he sends his disciples to Jesus to, to find out if he's really the one and Jesus he just says, go back and tell him what you see. The blind are healed, the lame walk, the deaf restored, the dead are raised. Blesses is he who's not offended on my account. And so the disciples take that back to John. And for John, the last testimony about Jesus that he's about to go and die is the testimony of the miracles that Jesus has performed. That's powerful. Jesus thinks that will be all that John the Baptist will need. He needs to be reminded of the miracles that I've done. That's why testimony is important, folks. 
When God does a miracle, when God moves, and sometimes it's not a miracle of stopping the sun and holding it while we kill the rest of our enemies. <laughs> it's not one of those big miracles, but it's a it could be a timing miracle of how the Lord came through right in the last moment. This is what the Lord did. Whatever it is, when the Lord has done something, I pray that our awareness as a fellowship, as, as individual believers, our awareness of what the Lord's doing for us would go up so that we would not lose the power of testimony in declaring what the Lord has done because that is what builds faith. That's what builds one another up in our walk with the Lord. It's how we mature. It encourages us. It causes us to see things as they truly are. So that's the third that testify about Jesus. And then he, he goes to the fourth, which is my favorite, the Father. Yeah. <clears throat> he says, and the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. I love that. And the Father who sent me has testified concerning me. That's great. That's, that's really cool. Huh. And then the things that, that go off after that. Jesus, we want to be politically correct. We don't want to rowl anybody's feathers. You know, somebody's going to get their feathers ruffled here. And look what he says. But you, he's talking about the religious leaders that won't believe his testimony, don't believe John's testimony, don't believe the testimony of the miracles. Now he's pointing to the Father, the Father's testimony about Jesus. And then he addresses his audience and he says, you have never heard his voice, nor you've never seen his form. His word does not dwell in you. You do not believe the one he sent. Wow. That's an indictment, folks. That's kind of scary. This is really interesting. And it's one of the things that has helped me understand. Here these guys have searched the scriptures their whole life. They've committed themselves to the sacred writings. They've studied them and studied them. They think that there's life in them. And they've studied them and studied them, but they've done it devoid of the one who is the word. They've done it without really honoring Jesus for who Jesus is. And at that point, all you're doing is looking at literature. You're looking at words and sentences and paragraphs on a scroll. That's why you can study the Bible. You can have your PhD in biblical literature and not have the word living in you. Jesus looked at the ones who gave their whole life to the studying of scripture and said, the word isn't in you. Whoa. That's, it's not about just reading words on a page. It's about having the one who is the word living in you and then the words on the page become a life-giving thing. They have another reality that transcends just words written on a piece of paper. Hmm. 
I love some of, well, I love really all my Baptist brothers. <laughs> Their love for the word is just so wonderful. They love the word. They love the word. They love the word. But I get so hurt when they just use it for a tool to argue. They don't use it as an, as an instrument of life and growth. Not all of them, but some of them. Oh, it just grieves me. It's like they got an issue in their heart where there's anger and rage. They were probably picked on as a kid. And now they've developed this huge muscle in their brain and they've applied it toward knowing the scriptures. And now they can go around and beat everybody up and say, you're wrong, I'm right, because ba 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 And they can quote it and do it. But they don't know the word. But that's what gives me the greatest joy when one of those folks, and I've seen so many, come into an encounter with the living God through the power of the Holy Spirit and come into a reality that they didn't know existed, even though they've read about it. And after they do, that gets activated and everything that they poured into becomes alive. And they are dangerous to the kingdom of darkness because they know the word and they know the spirit and they move in the power of the word and the spirit. <laughs> Enemy can, he'll use everything to, to try to mess with us. Yeah, he will. Even our ignorance of the scripture. But uh, when you get someone who's devoted their life to the scripture and they come into an encounter with the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father, and they join the community of, of, of the Trinity, they enjoy the community, the holy community of God, and they're participating in that. Oh, my stars, the kingdom of darkness is in big trouble. Big trouble. The last thing, number five, is the scriptures. <laughs> hmm. The very last verse, or 39, end of 39 says, these are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. You have to come to Jesus. You can't come to a book. You have to come to Jesus. When you come to Jesus, then the book starts making sense. And, this, and the book will lead you more and more intimately to Jesus. But you need the book and the spirit to come to Jesus. So those are the five things that testify about Jesus. Jesus himself, John, another person, the, uh, another human being, the very works themselves, the miracles that he did, uh, the Father in heaven, and the scriptures. Wow. Jesus, in, in uh, Luke 4, he comes up, he takes the scroll of Isaiah. First thing he does after he comes out of the wilderness, power of the Holy Spirit's on him. He goes in, takes the scroll, reads it. He goes to Isaiah 61 and, and he reads that uh, the spirit of the Lord is on me and he's anointed me. And he goes through that litany of things, to heal the brokenhearted, to set it free, those that are in prison, release, proclaim good news to the poor. The year of Jubilee, he goes on and he identifies all that and then he rolls it up and he says, well, that one has been fulfilled in your hearing. I am the fulfillment of that scripture. That's talking about me. Mm, and that's what I'm going to do. Oh, yes. And he sets out and does it. Everybody loves it. And then they want to kill him. 
Interesting, interesting how fickle we can be. So the question today is, what's the testimony about you? What's the testimony about you? What are you looking at last week? What's your testimony? <laughs> what's your testimony? What's your testimony about you? What do you say about yourself? First, what is it that you're saying about yourself? Is it in alignment with the truth of what God says about you? What's the testimony about yourself? Hmm. People would listen to my sermons more if I had hair. How many, how, many, how many testimonies do we repeat about ourselves that's just totally false? Oh my. That's why I love Dave's example last week. Man, let's, let's hear that. Let's take authority. Let's exercise. And let's proclaim who we are in Christ Jesus. So let's work on what we're saying about ourselves. What are we saying about ourselves? Let's allow the Holy Spirit to tweak that. I'd like for you to get one of those little um, tasers. And every time you say something about yourself that the Holy Spirit doesn't agree with, that you get tased. Wouldn't that be fun? Most of us would be walking around church. <laughs> yeah, just getting tased out of our shoes. But ask the Holy Spirit to, to really make you aware of every time that you're saying something about yourself that's not a true testimony. It's not true about you. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if, if many of you know about who Steve Backlin is. Does Steve Backlin, anybody know who Steve Backlin is? I went to one of his uh, senior pastor's upgrades that he did and it was so wonderful but this is a guy that understands something about how do you take where you are if that's not where you want to be and get to where you want to be and and we've we've taught about the love of God I think I've mentioned that a time or two here you forgot I need I'll put it on the schedule for next Sunday no and so so we've looked at the love of God we've looked at all the things that the Holy Spirit loves and what he wants to do for us. And and it's amazing how we, we get sideways and we don't understand who we truly are. What is your testimony about you? Hmm. What is it that the Lord wants you to declare? How do you go from where you are to where you want to be? Uh, I've had counseling. I've had heart therapy. I've asked the Lord. He's given me his heart. That's wonderful. He's, he's keep making me aware of what he's doing. Holy Spirit has shown me what self-control looks like, and that's really amazing. That's, that's been a whole revelation. And I, I look at all this stuff, but I think this next thing that he's, that he's encouraging me, and I, I offer it, for you to take into your quiet time with the Lord and see if he breathes on this and says, this is something for you, is what do you declare? 
What do you declare about yourself? Now, years ago, I started having offering declarations. How many remember the offering declarations we used to do here? Some of you do? We, we, we may go back to that. You know, when we started declaring offering declarations, our giving went up. People's financial situation improved. I was amazed almost every week somebody would come in with one of those declarations and said, you know what? I got a check in the mail this week. Do you know what? My, my interest on this loan, they asked if, if, if I wanted it, them to lower it. Sign me up. Yeah. And we, we would have testimonies like that that, was, that would be coming in because we were making a declaration. I would ask and invite all of us to, to get serious about this, maybe do a little journaling. Oh, I know some of us don't journal, but mentally journal and, and ask the Lord what some of the things that he says about us. In Psalm 139, verse 17, the psalmist is, is talking. He says, how precious are your thoughts about me concerning me, O Lord. Wow. And the New Living Translation caught, caught that. How precious are your thoughts about me? Wow. Ask God, what are some of the precious thoughts he has about you? Oh, my beloved jerk. <laughs> no, that's not in his mind, but that could be in our mind. And those are the kind of things that the enemy uses to keep us paralyzed and stuck where we are. Oh, I would be a wonderful Christian if I didn't have this addiction. How do you get out of your addiction? By believing the truth and encountering the one who is the truth. And so it's like, okay, how do we go from where I am to where I want to be? I probably need to start saying the things that God says. I need to start seeing me the, the way God sees me. I need to start embracing that as my reality. And one of the ways that we do that is by speaking, by just speaking it, by, by speaking it out. It's, it's amazing what happens when we speak something out. If you could do it by mentally thinking it, I would be absolutely perfect. Because in my mind, I'm trying and, and I'm thinking and I'm trying to do all the mental gymnastics I can. But you can't do it just mentally. You got to do it. And somehow in giving it speak, by speaking it out, it goes to another level of reality. Yeah, the Lord knows the thoughts before we even speak them, but that doesn't mean that we're not supposed to speak them. That's why the enemies used that one on me. Well, the Lord knows what I'm thinking, so I, I really don't need to articulate it. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Try it. Try it this week and see if, 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 if things don't start to begin to shift. Let's see if we can get from where we are to where we want to be, what, whatever that is. But let's see if our testimony can line up with, with what God says about us. So your testimony, what others say about you, your life, the things that you do, the deeds that you've done, what's the Father in heaven say, and what's the scripture saying? Th those the very same things that Jesus did, I, I put down and just challenge you to, to do. 
What's your testimony about yourself? Get rid of the negative testimony. Get rid of everything that's negative. Every time that you're starting to think a negative thought about yourself and the Holy Spirit brings it to your attention, repent. Take, it, take that off the shelf and put in the truth. Okay? What are others saying about you? And this is where it really gets hard. If you are surrounded by people that are constantly showing you a picture of yourself that's not true, that doesn't line up with what God says, you got to change your environment. you got to get out of an environment that's constantly saying that you are blankety-blank, that you're this. And spouses, we got to stop being a tool of the enemy to, to be used to cast a negative image on our spouse. Man. Boy, I could go on forever on that point, but we'll move right along. What's your life saying about you? And sometimes we look at our track record, and if we have a track record where we haven't been successful, where we come up short and all that, we're really easy to look at that and say, my life is saying that I'm a loser. My life is saying that I'll never amount to anything. My life's saying that I'm unsuccessful and I'll never be able to get this down. No. Let's look at what your life is really saying. My life could say that I have a tendency to make some bad choices. So since I have a tendency to make some bad choices, you know what, I'm going to put some safeguards around this next choice I'm making. And before I make it, I think I could bounce it off of a, a trusted person that I... I, I, I really think has got some confidence. And so I, I'm, I'm, I got confidence in them, so I'm going to go and talk to them about it. They may have expertise in this area, and so I need to go talk to them, see what they have to say. But I don't want to continue the track record of making poor choices. I, I really want to change. And guess what? I'm in Christ. So the old is gone, the new has come, and so behold, all things are new. So let's start with something new. Let's start with a different way of doing it. If I've got the formula for failure, I need to cash that in in the lake of fire and receive the Lord's new formula for my life. What is it that he wants me to do? He's got a new one for you. Let's find out what it is. So then our life will start speaking more accurately about who we are. Mm -hmm. how many have ever prayed for someone and they, they were healed? Have you ever prayed for someone and they were healed? Okay. But when you go to pray for someone like today, someone saying, I need prayer today. Do you think of the one that you prayed for that was healed or do you think of, you know, the other 3,000 that you prayed for that wasn't healed? And you wonder if he's going to do it today. If you've ever been used by the Lord to bring healing to someone, you need to declare over yourself, I am one who's in alignment with the Lord Jesus that he can flow his healing power through and touch people. And whether I see it or not, it's not going to stop me because I know he's done it and he can do it again. And so I will, I will put my eggs in the basket that I am a son and daughter of the Lord Jesus who can flow and allow him to flow through me to touch and to heal and to bring wholeness. Mm -hmm. 
Then look at what your father in heaven has to say about you. Wow. Jesus, he said, this is my son. He said it at his baptism. He had all the angels celebrate at his birth. At his transfiguration, he told the three disciples, this is my beloved son. Shut up and listen to him. Well, I added the shut up. But he said, listen to him. Okay? So what's the father saying about you? Listen to the precious things that he holds and treasures in his heart. Because he knows you beyond what you know you. You only know the historical you. He knew you before the foundations of the earth. And he knows you out into eternity future. He knows you. So let's put down our history. And let's see what he says from his perspective. And the scripture says, and this is Chuck. We are a child of God. We are a child of God. Yeah. And that's what I am. I'm a child of God. So who are you going to believe? How do you participate with the truth about you? And that's a capital T truth. That's Jesus. How do you shift your belief from, your, from where you are to where you want to be, to what you know is true about you when you're in the presence of God? There's certain things we know about ourselves when we're in the presence that we don't know when we're not. And when we're not, that's when the enemy does his, his best work. Amen. So let's see if there's some declarations that we can speak out loud about ourselves, about others, about God, that's going to make a difference this week in how we live. Yeah. Close with uh, Jesus' prayer, John 17. Start at verse 20. Mm. My prayer for them, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you guys. That's us. That's us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Okay? The oneness of the Father and the Son is the oneness that he wants, Jesus wants to have with us. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be, be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Same love that the Father has for Jesus, Jesus wants us to be aware of that the Father has for us. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. He's been longing to show that glory before the creation of the world to you. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they, that's us, know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that, okay, here's the purpose. In order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are in Christ and Christ is in you and the love that the Father has for the Son, that same love he has for you. So Father, we say thank you. We thank you. 
We thank you for loving us, for including us, for not just allowing us to be saved, but bringing us into the community of heaven. To be in that community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to know you and to love you. I pray this week, Lord, we would know something more about ourselves so that we can give an accurate testimony of what you're doing, of what you've done, and even of what you're going to do. May we be reliable witnesses to those who have a heart to receive, for those that have ears to hear, for those that have a heart to believe. And I pray, Father, that this week would be a week of building up in the body of Christ to the glory and praise of Jesus. Amen. 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 Anybody have a testimony? Come on. Mm-hmm. What's your testimony, sweetie? My testimony is I'm going to be all you guys that touch me and we pray on my brain with the oil to take my anger away because God has brought me to... God has, I don't need my microphone. I got to no, you, just, you just keep talking. God has brought me to where I go to get angry. And it, if you can see my face, it's swollen oh. under my eyes. So all last week... When I go to get angry, it would shed a tears. And I would cry so bad, so hard. And it would go on every day, all day long. Amen. So he's put my anger into tears. Amen. 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 So I'm very grateful. Amen. That's good. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Anger's never a primary emotion, it's a secondary emotion. It comes out of hurt, fear, and frustration, and then we get angry. And so Holy Spirit's taking her back and the releasing of the tears is intercepting the rage and it's, it's releasing. Uh, that's the Lord. That's good. So embrace your tears. Lord, we just bless what you're doing with Kelly. We thank you for it. And we say, let these tears, Lord, be bottled up in heaven and let these tears function and bring the full release, Father, of the hurt, fear, and frustration uh, that's inside her heart, her soul. And so we bless what you started and we say, Lord, continue it. Continue it. Now that's a good testimony. If anybody needs to jump on that, you just say, do it again, Lord. Do it again right here. Do it here. Yeah. And let's let those tears. I pray that we become a crying community <laughs> because it just means that we're so in touch with what the Lord's doing that we're allowing him to release through our tears the things that there's no words for. And some of our pain, some of our trauma, some of the injustice that we've gone through, some of the way in which evil has touched our soul is so profound that there's, you can't talk your way through that. You just got to let the tears, let the tears, embrace them, don't be ashamed of them. They are doing a wonderful work. And then oftentimes after we, we release the tears, the Holy Spirit gives us language to what just happened. And then we can share that just as Kelly did. That's a good word. Anyone else? Yeah. I just, um, is there anybody in here that's just a movie buff like me? Does anybody love movies? No. Well, I, um, you know, you were talking about things that affect you and whatever, but last night I turned on Netflix to this movie called Born to Win. Has anybody seen that movie? 
it's just everything you're talking about today. It was the story of a man's testimony through life. And I am excited because I know I'm going to have an amazing testimony. It's not today. But for all of you that enjoy movies, you should watch that because everything Rick is talking about, about how he, how we're, you know, we're loved from the very get-go and we think God loses us. But it was an amazing story about a man in South Africa who ended up, I don't even want to give it away because it was so amazing. I bawled and bawled and bawled and I laughed. It was a feel-good. And I've been told by the Lord that I have to learn to enjoy life instead of working every minute. And so it was a very enjoyable thing for me, and I just would like you to share, I think, from what you said today, you would love it, um, and how one person can affect so many lives. It's just amazing. Wow. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.